Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Monday. Hope everyone's having an amazing day. Yes, happy Monday. Wow, fresh week. Fresh week. Felt like a long weekend because it was the holiday, so we were just like holidaying around, and it wasn't really like a weekend weekend. Mm-hmm. But I still, I took the the rest nonetheless. Yeah, it was a very nice Rosh Hashanah weekend. It's a new year over here you know, in the Jewish calendar. And we're going to take that new year and we're going to try and, you know, turn some things around. Turn some things around. Turn the beat around. So I hope everyone had an amazing holiday if they were celebrating it. And if not, I hope you just like blacked out on your couch and had a good time. Totally. Um, It was filled with highs and lows. You know, some news came out on Friday Friday night night. um, during the holiday that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed away, a fellow Jewish queen. So we'd be RDH if we didn't mention her memory being a blessing. And, you know, they say actually that people who die this time of year are like exceptional people our father died like next week yeah it's the time in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and this is also the 10 days where the book of life is being written so you want to be on your best behavior the book is open so as to be inscribed in the book of life oh you know I forgot that we're supposed to be behaving right so just like think about that when we report on stories Lashon Hara maybe we'll be granting extra forgiveness like lucky for you Ellen Lashon Hara is like what I struggle with the most for those who don't know Lashon Hara is like gossip and it's like honestly one of the biggest sins it really is like it's it, the the translation of the words is like speaking evil so I feel like where do we draw the line between is, like sharing information right, regarding right. someone else yes and Lashon Hara speaking evil so I feel like you know it's being like oh my god like Jackie's gotten so ugly like that's Lashon Hara yeah, that's really <laughs> fu- that's really fucking mean uh, you know what I mean or but like do you just like or I you could say like but me, say I had gotten really ugly like maybe. let's say something happened overnight a curse was put on you you could say wow Jackie's appearance has changed is that Lashon Hara I think that's Stating. That is just like the j- communicating and, and spreading of information. Yes. But speaking of Jackie's appearance changing, it actually has changed a little oh, since yeah. Friday. Because on Friday after the show, we went to Dr. Sharon Giese's office to get some injectables. We were talking about it all week, and then we decided to vlog the experience. Right. So if you're wondering what goes down at Dr. Sharon Giese's, like how much Botox we use when we do it, Claudia got her lips done, I got some Instalipo. If you're curi- curious about what that all looks like, head to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash toast, and check it out. It was really like informational. I was I was like asking questions while I was filming just to like stimulate conversation, but Sharon Giese is just a wealth of knowledge and honestly I'm so happy with the way that I look usually after I get my lips done the first week I hate it second week I go into like a little depression then third week I really like it but I'm she did like the perfect amount I'm so happy with how it turned out um and people are always asking us like about the particulars like how much how many cc's do we get and we asked Dr. Giese all that so it was actually uh turned out to be quite an educational video they should show it in schools they should show it in schools and now my forehead is in check let me say 
and it's Cross, just like, oh nice nice how about yeah. it's crazy when I was editing the video like you filmed really up close and personal and, like you really do see the wrinkles I feel like I do a good job on this show of like not letting my face get super wrinkly mm-hmm. and expressive but those wrinkles are there and like that Botox is working OT you I know I just love plastic surgery and I'm here to destigmatize and be transparent so um Go watch a video. Go watch a video. But also, if plastic surgery is not for you, that's beautiful as well. You know? That's the great thing about being a human being. Like, you can do what you want. It's so beautiful. (laughs) You know what's so beautiful? Just, like, making your own choices and, like, not judging other people. That, over the past few years, has become, like, my life's identity. It's like, I don't care what anyone else does, and nobody needs to care about what I do. Like, just fuck off. Yeah. I think that should be, like, the new U.S. policy. Like, everyone just fuck off. Claudia, that's beautiful. I think... I think I want something. You know what else is beautiful? Yesterday, Claudia and I went to Zara. Oh my God, I haven't been in so long. I don't think I've been in like two years. And we did a major haul. We should actually do like a YouTube haul. That's how much stuff we got. My shirt is from Zara. My sweater is from Zara. And everything I'll be wearing for the next three weeks. Like I could wear something new every single day for three weeks. And then be finished with my haul. Like, that's how much stuff I got. So many cardigans. So many basics. Like, I feel like I'm always looking for just a top. Like, mm-hmm. nothing. I don't wear, like, prints or anything. So nothing that's going to, like, shake up the world. Yeah. But just something to cover my body. And Zara really had it all. Zara is, like, almost a perfect store. Like, if they just had a normal online shopping experience, they would be, like, a 10 out of 10 store. But with, like, all the confusing poses and, like, all the big pictures and the website, like, doesn't scroll. It is the worst website on the face of the earth. So they're, like, almost a perfect store. Yeah, I guess it's a good in-store experience. We just yeah. grabbed everything we didn't try on, um, and it worked out well for because me. But I also didn't buy anything that, like, I, did, I wasn't certain of the silhouette. You know, like that dress I almost bought. I'm so glad that I didn't. Well, uh, I had to return four items, and you know you could return at any Zara, and I live right by one. We went to one, like, far away, but you could return to any. Isn't that, like, a fabulous store policy? That is a fabulous store policy. I'm oh my, and we you. saw a toaster. I want to give her uh, oh my God, a shout out. She so was so nice. She literally said the night we're getting on the escalator to leave. And as we're like on the third step, she like comes and grabs our hands and she's like, I well, just she wa- didn't touch our hands. Just she touched mine. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not weird like you. It was lovely. I enjoyed it. Okay. Human contact. Finally, she <laughs> said, I just want to let you guys know you are the loves of my life. And I was like, what did you just say? It was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment between Steen. So Aaliyah, I think her name was. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, girl. Um, so we have a fabulous show. Lots of news. I actually wanted to talk about something because mm. we do have two big housewife stories today. And we did a lot of housewives content on Friday. And people are getting housewives fatigued. Yeah. And I thought that like I was giving the people what they wanted. But it turns out that like we're not like a Bravo recap show. But like I thought that we were. So I think that some people watching are getting exactly what they want. People love when we talk about housewives. But not everyone that watches our show watches housewives. And I think they accept, you know, some level of housewives chatter. The recap. The recap. And I think they just enjoy hearing us talk about stuff so if it's housewives or other stuff whatever um but right now all these shows are in transition like so not only are we recapping them but there's like news articles about them and so it's definitely housewives heavy but these things are just cyclical and we're going to try and be aware of it but there's like two housewife stories today that like are the big stories of the day and we have to recap potomac and i also started new york from the beginning i don't know if i mentioned that so it's just been like really top of mind speaking of my journey on new york housewives i'm at the point where there is the break between Jill and um Bethany and it's it is so painful like mm-hmm. I actually have slowed down like I was watching like 10 episodes a day and now I literally watch like two episodes the whole weekend because it's so painful for me and honestly I feel like I'm still taking Jill's side even though I love I love Bethany like to this day she's one of my favorite housewives I'm still taking Jill's side have you gotten to the scene in Luann's apartment yet? no 
It's very new. It's, they're to still me, at Fashion Week. For me, that is, like, everyone was on Jill's side. But the scene in Luann's apartment where Jill is, like, like running around like in the apartment like she's being chased. And, like, Luann is, is, by the way, getting in between Jill and Bethany. Like, that's when I turned. And I was like, oh, this woman is trying to apologize for something that was, like, doesn't seem unforgivable. Yes. And Jill has overplayed her hand at this point. And that, that is what happened. That is what happened. Jill was kind of in the right. Jill had a tough summer with Bobby and like all this stuff was happening for Bethany. And I don't think that Jill was ever really jealous. I think like Jill just wanted to be a part of it. Like she's, she's like a Yenta. She like wanted to be involved. And I think Bethany just like kind of took off and like forgot a little bit where she came from. Mm-mm. And she's it wasn't, it wasn't that big of a deal. No. But it turned into like this huge thing. Yeah. But it's just, it's really painful to watch. I'm sorry that you're going through that. So and I've been I'm sorry like, you guys will have to hear about like all different sorts of Housewives news. Yeah, sorry. But we, we have other news. There's lots of ha- Ellen premiered today, which is kind of the biggest story. Yeah, and the Emmys, which we didn't watch, oh, yeah. but we have some of the highlights. And finally, uh, Schitt's Creek got their comeuppance and we're very thrilled about it. Let me tell you why I literally did not watch the Emmys. Because for the most part, um, I really like award shows. Emmys is probably my least favorite. Yes. Because I watch like trash TV. And unfortunately, the Emmys does not recognize trash TV. That's true. What do you like less? Emmys or the Golden Globes? Uh, Emmys. I think the Golden Globes are, first of all, a little bit more A-list. Oh, Because they're movies and music. So, like, Taylor Swift was there last year. The Golden Globes are, like, so serious. It's, like, the definition of, like, Hollywood taking itself too seriously. I feel like the Golden Globes actually does a good job of picking hosts, whereas the Emmys is always Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. You know? I I actually like the Golden Globes way better, like, definitively. But I always watch all the shows because the red carpet is just, like, so pleasurable. But there is no red carpet because of coronavirus. And I saw a couple networks doing, like, virtual red carpets. And as much as I would literally, like, take a knife through my heart for Justin Sylvester and Morgan Stewart, like, I was not watching that. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. I didn't watch the Emmys, not because of red carpet even. I just, like, the way that it was set up after watching the CMAs where they did a pretty good job. And, like, yeah, the ACMs. And I I actually felt for a second, like, like, I forgot what was going on in the world. Like, the Emmys made absolutely no effort to distract. Also, there was, like, no commercials for it. No, I mean. I didn't even know it was on. I knew it was on, and I actively chose not to watch it, but then Rebecca texted me, and she was like, oh, my God, Moira won. Oh. So I was like, okay, so I went to the channel, and then Schitt's Creek was just, like, pulling them all in because we were in the comedy category, and then I had to go and watch Real Housewives of Potomac. So I got to see the setup a little bit, enough to know that it was, like, really, really bad. Yeah, but what I did think was interesting was what, from the clips that I saw, I thought the most fun part was how people were set up at home watching the Emmys like having nothing to do with the actual production of the Emmys like people who were nominated were either like alone in their houses Zendaya was like with her whole family her whole team Schitt's Creek like through their own little Emmys they all like little tables that I thought was well done and that had nothing to do with ABC or whoever was putting on the show yeah so I agree it was cute when like a lot of the shows got together and had a watch party together but like it was still so sad. Like, the Shit's Creek party looked like it was at the Rosebud Motel. Like No, but I was, thought it was so cute. You know, like, it was cute. It looked like a pop mitzvah. It was cute, giving, but, like, it wasn't. No, imagine, like, this is your year. You win all the Emmys, and, like, you're literally standing in a tent outside in Canada. Yeah. So, anyways, let's just, if we're going to talk about the Emmys, yeah. let's get into the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. <laughs> and, Jackie, if I may, I have a very important announcement. Not only, I saw the doctor... And not only do I have mm. a very severe case of RDH, no. I also have a very severe case of morning breath. <gasps> so he prescribed me Bruche. Ugh, which he's is a genius. Honestly, first of all, my favorite product to talk about here on the toast because I really, use, I literally used it this morning. Same. And because Bruche, Bruche. So Bruche is a fabulous electronic toothbrush. It's literally the sound it makes. 
Brush. And it's millennial pink. It's like so on brand for us. Yeah, you guys, I used my brush this morning. I've been using brush since we got it. And it's incredible. It's the best toothbrush I've ever owned. Period. Hands down. Brushing your teeth can be a chore, but brushing is fun. And it's 100 times as effective. Brush cleans your teeth at 31,000 movements a minute. Manual toothbrushes do just 300. Many electric toothbrushes are barely a step up for manual. Some do a good job, but for close to $200 or more. Bruce delivers premium sonic wave technology without the markups that big electric toothbrushes tack on. It's a fabulous product. It is so beautiful to, like, first of all, first of all, have on your counter. Mine's pink. It comes in a few colors, but it just really elevates the whole bathroom experience and the whole brushing experience. It does. And you see such a visible difference. You feel a visible difference, and it's just the best electronic toothbrush because it's not crazy expensive. But if you want to get 15% off your brush, you can use promo code TOAST at brush.com. Brush is spelled B-R-U-U-S-H. Again, 15% off your brush at brush.com. Promo code TOAST. Try it 90 days risk-free and get a two-year warranty at brush, B-R-U-U-S-H.com. Promo code TOAST. The brush kit includes the electric toothbrush, three extra brush heads, magnetic charging station, and a sleek travel case. Um... Which is fabulous because Ben can use it too because we have two heads. Love it. Okay, well, first story. Schitt's Creek sweeps the Emmys. It was a night to remember, Daniel Levy says. After years of critical acclaim and a growing fan base, Schitt's Creek has finally won its first Emmy and then some. First, the show took home two statuettes at Saturday's Creative Arts Emmys ceremony. And then last night at the Primetime Awards, Catherine O'Hara, a.k.a. Moira Rose, won Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. Eugene Levy won Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy. Daniel Levy won Outstanding Supporter, Supporting Actor in a Comedy. And Annie Murphy won Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy. In total, Schitt's Creek won nine Emmys last night setting a new record. I just find it so crazy that Moira and Johnny Rose are considered the lead actors and Alexis I, and... I too find that interesting. And David are considered the supporting. I would think that the show's actually more about the kids than it is about the parents. I would think so too, but far be it from me to say who is the lead actor. What's that from? That's Moira. Oh, Oh my right, God, did you duh. see Moira's acceptance speech? No. It was as if Moira Rose literally won an Emmy. We would expect nothing less. What was that movie she was working on? Crow's. Oh, the Crow's Nest or the... <laughs> yeah. It was as if she won an Emmy for Crow's Nest. She and, did. And was giving a speech. Like, she was so Moira. And I don't know if it was just Catherine O'Hara, like, giving a nod to the excellence of Moira Rose. Or, like, at, like life means art and this is who she is. Right. I mean, it would have been, like, an amazing method acting thing to, like, literally accept the award as Moira Rose. Because the because character Moira, like, her winning an Emmy is her life's dream. And it's yeah. Like, it's not that far. She is, like, a zealous celebrity. Like, it could have happened. Um... I, I mean, this is so fabulous. I feel really proud that, like, I actually been watching Schitt's Creek since season one. Like, I'm not, I never had to binge. I'm not like a bandwagon. And it was, it's, it's just an amazing thing where it's like, this show is not on a primetime network. It's impossible to watch until it gets on Netflix. Like, I don't have pop TV. Some people have it. You have it on YouTube TV. It's like a random ass channel. Yeah. So to get so, so much critical um, acclamation and all these awards is all you can hope for as any show, especially show that's not even on a real channel. Yeah, they really started from the bottom and now they are here and it 
with their final season, it's nice that they finally got all the credit that they deserved. I was just hoping for at least like one Emmy so that Shit's Creek could be called like an Emmy winning show. And I hoped that one Emmy would be for Moira. Mm-hmm. But for everyone to have won, like really a beautiful end to the Shit's Creek story. I haven't watched the final season. It's like something I'm saving so hard. I completely agree. I'm saving it as well. I definitely saw some spoilers like last night. Oh, you night. did? Well, not, I mean, it's hard with spoilers. It's not a show about like what's going to happen next. It's just like a show about where we are now and how are we going to make it a funny situation. Right, I'm you just know? like, do the roses get their money back and then like build a palace in Shit's so, Creek? We spoke about this like a while ago, and, don't spoil. and of course, someone like had to spoil it for me. And I don't spoil, please. Don't no, no, no I, I tried to put it out of my bed as my head as best as I can. Okay. So I like I know some stuff, but I don't really know. I feel like now Shit's Creek is like in the news. Like if I don't watch it soon, like it might actually get spoiled for me. Maybe that's what I'll do today. Yeah. But I've just been holding on to it like for like a really long plane ride, like something where I just really, really oh, need it. That's good for a really long plane ride. That's I don't know, like maybe we have to take a trip just so I can watch Shit's Creek. Yeah, I'm I'm so down for that. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm so happy for Moira. Also something weird, I'm watching Love Island mm-hmm. and one of the contestants' names is Moira. What? And is she ninety seven years old? No, she's like a vibrant young thing. And that's crazy to me. It's so crazy, but now it's like so normal on the show. It'll, but in the it's begin- not normal. And it's like it's it's so crazy. That's insane. It's insane. Yeah. I hope she watches Shit's Creek. I hope that, um, I'm just curious, like, is Moira Rose really, like, who Catherine O'Hara is? Or is Catherine O'Hara, O'Hara the greatest actress of all time? You know what I mean? I just feel like there's no way that Catherine O'Hara isn't Moira. They have become one. So it's like either she just is who she is and played that character on TV, or she is probably the greatest actress of our time. I think it's a little bit of both. You know, yeah. I think that... Catherine O'Hara has some Moira in her, but I also think that we all have some Moira in us. Definitely. Um, But I think that Moira is, you know, an extreme version of something that Catherine O'Hara, like, might have inside of her. Yeah, you know what? The character... With an incredible vocabulary. Incredible. You know who the character kind of reminds me of in a sense that I feel as though they were a breakout star from, like, their their show, and um, to me, that person will always be their character? Titus Andromedon. Mm. Like, they give me similar vibes where it's, like, whoever the brainchild of this character was, like, is a genius. And whoever put Titus Burgess in this role is perfect because no one else could have been Titus Andromedon. And maybe the show wouldn't have been what it was without Titus Burgess and without Catherine O'Hara. Like, that's how I feel. Yeah. And it's, like, everything that comes out of their mouth is a beautifully scripted, hilarious joke that was written by a genius. Yeah. I agree with that. And, like, they never cease to not make me laugh. It's very true. Okay, now I'm, like... Missing Shit's Creek. I think I'm gonna go take the plunge soon. Yeah, honestly, I kind of want to start from the beginning and watch the whole thing through. Mm. It's an easy show to binge. The episodes are short. There's not that many episodes in a season. Um, now I'm on Real Housewives in New York, where it's like 20 episodes and they're each an hour. 24 episodes. That's a lot. That's a lot. There's not even that many episodes now. Yeah. Bravo like started 10 episodes, and then when the shows got really popular, it was like 22, 24, and now they're at like 15 to 18, which I think is a reasonable amount. That is a reasonable amount. But here are the uh, the other Emmys 2020 winners. Hope your fave won. Outstanding comedy series, Shit's Creek. Outstanding drama series, Succession. Don't watch. I don't watch, but people are obsessed with it. See, I only watch Shit's Creek. I don't watch any of these shows. I've now tried to watch Succession, I think twice, where I like watch the first episode and a half and like I can't make it past that point. It's so strange. It is what it is. Outstanding lead actor in a drama series, Jeremy Strong, Succession. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series, Zendaya, Euphoria. Big this deal. Is, this is a big deal. Only second black woman to ever win in the category and now she's the youngest person to ever win because she's only 24 and she had her whole family behind her and they were like literally just sobbing. But here's what I was thinking. There was an Emmy in the room 
because some guy brought it up to her. It's like, did she know? I watched her reaction video because it was so sweet. The person who brought it up to her probably like had her address and knew that's where he was going. He looked like a member of her team. Like he was literally celebrating with everyone. Oh, well then maybe like someone gave it to someone on her team and like hit it. I don't know. Yeah. The the guy was not in a hazmat suit. I saw the hazmat suits that were delivering awards, but I don't know. I'm just curious if everyone was surprised. Yeah. Because that's the best part of an award show, like seeing people surprised and then like when they don't win, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm so happy, you know? Yeah. Outstanding lead actor in a limited series or a movie, Mark Ruffalo. I know this much is true. Literally never even heard of it. Yeah, no. Ugh, Hugh Jackman, Bad Education, should have won. Fabulous movie. I know we've spoken about it, but I can't recommend it enough. Oh, or Paul Paul Mezcal, Normal People, or Jeremy Pope, Hollywood. Yeah, honestly. Paul Mezcal, Hollywood. Winner. Normal People. What did I say? Hollywood. Paul Mezcal, Normal People. Winner. Outstanding lead actress in a limited series or a movie, Regina King, Watchmen. I love Regina King so much. I only want positive, happy things for her. Like, every award, she has to win. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series, Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek. Outstanding Fabulous. lead actress in a comedy series, Catherine O'Hara, Schitt's Creek. Outstanding reality competition, RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race. They win every year. It's like, you know, it's like not even a big deal for Ru. Like, just so many Emmys, so little time. <laughs> um, but I just absolutely love, like, the the winning and just, like, the overall success of the franchise, World of Wonder. I'm so happy for everyone. Um, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. Outstanding. Oh, and, by the way, he, gave, like, he dedicated the award to Chi-Chi Devane, who was on a few seasons ago and recently passed away. Mm-hmm. Really, really sad. Like, such a young star. Really, really sad. That is really sad. Outstanding variety talk series last week tonight with John Oliver. Really? Are, are we sure about that? They're all the same. Like, What are the other ones? Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Full Frontal with Samantha Bee, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Like, like they're all the same, except for Samantha Bee, who's, like, the only woman. But, um, I don't, I, I guess, I don't have a horse in this race. I guess, no, me neither. But I guess, like, they're all the same. Like, whose do people like the most? And I guess I, I would say John Oliver. Yeah, people do like John Oliver. And it's, like, unique. And he's, like, funny and quirky, like, with his glasses. So, I guess I'm happy for him. Outstanding limited series, Watchmen. I'm just... Oh, Unorthodox was there. Didn't win. Oh, that was really good. Little Fires Everywhere didn't win. I I didn't like it. No, me neither. Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series, Daniel Levy, Schitt's Creek. Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Annie Murphy's Schitt's Creek. Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series, Billy Crudup, The Morning Show. Oh, they got to win an Emmy. Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series, Julia Garner, Ozark. People love her. Um, And then... I just don't watch a lot of these shows, which is so crazy because to me, it's like nobody knows more about like pop culture, film, and TV than me. But I guess I don't really watch like critically acclaimed shows. I watch a couple of these shows. I've seen Unorthodox. I've seen Schitt's Creek, um, RuPaul's Drag Race. But I don't like watch like Ozark or Succession or fancy like gray TV shows. And I think that's why we didn't watch the Emmys because when we went through the nominees, we had this same, we came to the same conclusion that like we don't watch these shows. Um, Titus Burgess was nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Limited Series or a Movie. Yaya Abdul-Mateen from Watchmen won. I don't even know what that is. And then um, supporting actress in a limited series or a movie was Uzu Aduba from Mrs. America. I never saw it, but she is a phenomenal actress. And then outstanding variety sketch series, SNL. I don't know. I feel like if there was ever a year for SNL to not win, it would be this year. By the way, who else gets nominated in the sketch comedy category? a, A black lady sketch show and drunk history. Oh. Only three nominees. 
That's so little. Sketch comedy's a dying art. <laughs> Ariana Maddox must be really upset. Yeah, or maybe this is a good time for her to get involved in a Or maybe a this way. is a good time to start a sketch comedy show. Yeah. Sketch comedy's like fun. It's like camp, like skits, you know? Yeah, it is fun. So those are Emmy winners. Congrats to all the winners and nominees. Yeah. It's an honor to be nominated. Yeah, not like this year. Like, it's not as glamorous, but you still get to, like, keep the award. So it counts. Yeah, it still counts. Yeah. I'm just so, glad, like, I didn't win Miami this year because, like, it honestly would have been, like, a letdown. I totally agree. I'm thinking next year. Yeah. Um, next story, another really big story of the day. Ellen DeGeneres is addressing uh, the controversy in her season 18 premiere. So we had spoken about, like, whether or not we thought she was going to address this. And at one point, the story was so big, like, how could she not? But she wasn't set to start her new season until September. So, like, honestly, I had, like, forgotten a little bit about it. And I was still really shocked that she addressed it because... Even in the whole shitstorm, we never really heard from, like, Ellen or her team. It was always, like, Warner Media and, yeah. like, all these, like, fancy statements. Yeah. So she um, did her monologue for her show today addressing the investigation and the um, allegations made against her show and, and, you know, the allegations made against her that she is not a nice person. Mm-hmm. And she addressed it, like... On a serious note and also on a light note, she right. definitely incorporated some jokes. Which I found to be actually really annoying. Um, she was reading from a teleprompter and it was very much like stand-up-ish almost. Yeah. Um, and the only other person in the room was Twitch because they had a virtual audience. And I think a lot of people were like waiting to hear from Twitch. He's become like a huge TikToker. Like him and his wife are, they like are amazing dancers and their kid is really cute and they've just be like blown up on TikTok. And I think a lot of people were like wanting to hear from him and he didn't really speak out. And now literally he was the only person on stage like clapping so hard. So it's clear where he stands. He right. like stands Ellen. Right. So she apologized for her um, involvement in things that transpired. You know, she said her name is on the show. Anything that happens at the show, even if she's not privy to it at the time, like is her responsibility. And that you know she's sorry for those things and that they've taken the actions to remedy and change and fix what's been going on and that also this rumor about her not being nice even though she's the nice lady she's like yeah you know I am other things sometimes I'm tired sometimes I'm sad sometimes I'm I'm mad sometimes I'm angry impatient um and that she's gonna work on those things yeah, I mean, to be honest, I feel like I feel this way about like most quote unquote like cancellations is people hate Ellen and people love Ellen. And I think the people that love Ellen were just wanting her to move on and talk about it and then get over it. And the people that hated her, like they're not going to think it was enough. Like that's really similar to how I felt about Stassi's interview last week. It's like people pretty much have made up their minds and maybe this swayed them one way or another. But for the most part, like you either love Ellen or you hate Ellen. Yeah, I feel like. Watching this video, I'm not someone who either loves Ellen or hates Ellen. I I don't really care. But when I watched her apology and just um, addressing everything, it definitely like softened my heart towards her because I felt, you know, it. It's hard to say whether or not she's genuine. Like she is an actress, but you know what? She's like, she is an actress. Yes, but like she's apologizing. I don't know. I just I I want to accept it and move on. Like it's not for me to accept because right. I'm not someone who worked on her team and was affected by her actions at all. But just as like someone uh, like the millions of viewers, you know, who aren't directly impacted but have an opinion on Ellen, I just felt like okay, I can accept this and and try and move forward as as a viewer, not as an impartial. I, yeah, as just a bystander and someone who comments on pop culture. Like right, I just but that is who I am. Like every time we have these sorts of things that come up with like celebrities saying something or doing something or getting in trouble for something and then like they apologize you know unless it's a really half-assed apology like I tend to 
accept Same. it. And I, I tend to want to believe them because I don't want to like live in a world where people are just stagnant, mm-hmm. unable to change and become better people. And by the way, I feel that way about these types of situations, even when, like, when most of the time it's, like, not on us to accept the apology, but, like, when we were speaking about Nick Cannon, it technically was on us. Like, he had been really, um, had this podcast that was very anti-Semitic, and I, st- I feel that way even when it's about me and when it's not about me. Like, I, I hate being mad at people, like, I really do, and I don't, I, I, I feel like I used to, but I really don't now see bad in people. Like, I always f- feel like I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, and to go on a TV show and just, like, after all this has happened to Ellen and so many people were talking about her and we never heard from her. Like she honestly, I feel like she could have slightly gotten away with doing less and she didn't. So I'm just, I'm not in the mood to assume people have hate in their heart, you know? Yeah. Or that people aren't capable of change. Mm -hmm. Like that's just not what I want to believe about humanity. So I choose to accept people's apologies. And as far as like she could have done less, I I agree. She could have breezed over it a little. Actually, I don't know if she could have gotten away with that, but she also could have done more. Like there was no one there who was interviewing her, like asking her questions in specifics. That's true. You know. It was scripted and that's actually um, very, very true. It was on her terms. She didn't have to answer any direct questions. It's actually a really good point now that I think about it. But I'm not saying that that's what she, she necessarily needed to have done, like a sit down interview. Everyone goes about it in their own way. and, And this is the way that she thought was best. And I thought I thought it wasn't bad. I really didn't. Yeah, I guess I just have a hard time reconciling like all these things about Ellen because like of what else we know about her, just like her being like the first openly gay woman on television and she got that medal of honor from Obama. Like, I don't know. It's it's confusing. But I think that's exactly what she's saying. Like she is that person. Like yeah. she can't go on her show every day for 17 years and act her way through a talk show. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, she's a good actress, but like that's you she's know. not that good. You know, like that the at a certain point, like, you know, your mask is going to slip. Yeah. But I think she's that person. She's a good person. She's a trailblazer. Like, she fights for things that are important to her and she helps people. But she's not a saint. Right. And just like most people, like, maybe she could be mean. Yeah. And Yeah. And I don't know how to reconcile all these things. There's so much going on in the Ellen universe. Yeah. I just... Props to her for, like, coming back. And she could have easily not. And she right. Could have, She's so wealthy. She, she doesn't need this show. Yeah. She doesn't need to continue to put herself, like, in the arena and have mm-hmm. people, like, talk and, and throw and, and just That's true. have to defend herself. But she did it. She's committed to making this season the best season ever. And, and I completely understand that feeling. Yeah. I think that a lot of people actually don't always agree with us when we speak about, like, certain can I hate to use the word cancellation but I don't know what other word to use certain cancellations because my instinct is always to kind of kind of take the side of the person who's being questioned because I've been questioned and I know how much misinformation is being spread and I know how misunderstood I felt so my natural instinct even if it's not the right decision my natural instinct is to always like believe the apology wait and that's because there's something we don't know that's also your instinct is to believe the apology because you know what it's like to apologize and that you are sorry so yeah you believe that someone else is sorry because... And, because and I myself it. was. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. And I know that it's not always... Well, it's actually not really ever the popular um, opinion to have because I think people, like, really do love, like, a pile-on. And when there's all, this, all these allegations against Ellen or someone, um, it's just easy to, like, to hate them. And, and I totally get it. But I know what it's like to feel so misunderstood. So, like, part of me is always just... Like, and I don't even like Ellen. Like, that's the thing. Like, I actually think she's, yeah. like... Like, I actually, I think she probably was mean, you know. Um, But I don't know. Part of me just always 
instinctively takes that person's side. And it's not because I excuse poor behavior or I think that it's okay to have a toxic work environment, but it's really because like, I do believe people make mistakes and I do believe just because you're famous doesn't mean we shouldn't give you grace, you know? Yeah. And that's just my opinion. No, I, I agree. So it'll be interesting to see how everyone else reacts. To and I'm sure we're, we're not in the majority. No, I haven't like read any like tweets or seen what people are thinking. I'm sure you guys will let us know. I just know how I felt when I watched it and it was like, kind of sad yeah just okay let's see yeah and you if know? you don't like ellen and you can't move past what you know about her then don't yeah then don't it's really that simple right it is a free country you can choose ellen or you cannot choose ellen <laughs> and i'm not choosing ellen i'm just choosing to believe that she is sorry yeah um okay let's move on because yeah. daily mail is reporting exclusively breaking news this morning breaking news and it's not t- like certified but Confirmed. i feel like I don't know why Daily Mail wouldn't be getting this right. With Housewives, like, they're usually right. Yeah, it's either Daily Mail or Page Six. Someone has the exclusive. Uh, Honestly, if I saw a headline, I'd be more likely to believe it in Daily Mail than Page Six. I think so, too. But they're saying that Teddy, Teddy Mellencamp is to be axed from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills after three seasons after being branded as, quote, boring and stale. Teddy is being dropped from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, a production insider reveals exclusively to DailyMail.com. The 39-year-old star joined the series in 2017 and starred in series in seasons 8, 9, and 10. A production insider told DailyMail.com that Teddy is, quote, boring and stale, and the other cast members don't, particular li- don't particularly like her. Wow, I can't speak today. <laughs> she was blasted for her all-in health and fitness program last week after concerns were raised by anonymous subscribers about the unhealthy and restrictive diets. Well, I'm not sure like what if that really has a lot to do with her being fired, but I think to be honest, the the audience just doesn't like Teddy. Like and I don't think they've liked her for a while. And you always have to give people like a grace period, the Eileen Davidson grace period, where it's like you never know who's gonna go from being disliked to universally loved. Like Dorit Kemsley was not liked her first season. We gave her another season and now she's like a lot of people's favorites. But Teddy never had that wave turn for her. Like I, I don't mind her, but people are very outspoken that they think she's boring and that they don't like her. Um, so I could totally see a world where she would be fired. I just think it's interesting that like you can come off a season of really being like integral to the storyline. Like she was the one really moving pieces with Lisa and with um, Kyle about the Denise Brandy thing but it's crazy that you could be really at the center of the drama and like maybe still get fired I don't know I agree with uh on Lisa Vanderpump she was central to the story Mm -hmm. this season though she was in a place to be central to the story but just like completely dropped the ball and the way that she even like got involved here and there was like not weak was yeah was extremely weak um, and really left it to be on Brina and then Kyle and then her. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of understand this decision. It doesn't really seem like a shock to me. I, I don't think there's anyone who really like love, love, loves her. And then also, I don't think there's anyone who even hates her. Like people are just indifferent. And it's that, weird. that I think is the worst place you could be in. Because at least like when you're in that villain role and people hate you, like you are contributing. You are you're part of the job. Yeah, yeah, you're being spoken about. But I think that like it, Teddy barely made... Um, her mark this season Mm -hmm. and maybe it's because she was pregnant and just like you know wasn't getting super into it because she was busy but I guess they're not going to give her another chance like yeah to get into it I also think like taking her out of the group really wouldn't affect the group that much and that's when you have a problem right I actually think if anything like Kyle would become a lot closer with all of the other women I think her friendship with Teddy while it's really really nice does keep her a little bit out of like on the sidelines Mm -hmm. um and she used to be really really close with Kyle and Dorit and it just kind of has taken a back seat so 
I think it's, it's interesting. And I do think that this report by the Daily Mail is very possibly true. Yeah. So when I imagine a world of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills without Teddy Mellencamp, it remains unaffected, which is not good. And that's when you know good. it's your time to go. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, she, I, she's really nice. and Yeah, she's, she's a lovely she, woman. She contributed a lot to the show, and she was instrumental in the takedown of Lisa Vanderpump. But you're only as good as your last season. Yeah, it's like football. Yeah. Well, we'll see in the following days, weeks, if this ends up being true. Yeah. Also, in regards to her all-in... Oh, yeah. The drama surrounding her company. A bunch of people have spoken out just about, like, that the the program is not super healthy. and It's very restrictive. It's very restrictive, and it's not, like, technically um, dietitian approved. I don't know enough about diets, clearly, um, or this particular drama in general to speak on it, but... Yeah, I just would say that there's nothing that I read that went against what I thought All In was. Yes, that's the thing. It's like, I actually know two people who have done it, and this is exactly what I knew. It was like, so restrictive, lots of working out, they texting. That's like, now it's like all this texting and hounding is like, you know, aggressive, and it's coming like off as, you know, they're being so crazy, but it's like, no, that's what the program advertises. Always. She's literally accountability coach. Like, that is her strong suit is like sending you texts every day and checking yeah. on you. So we could talk about whether the program is good or bad. But I'm not a dietitian. Well, can't so. because we, we're not experts on this. But what I will say is that like, that's exactly what I thought the program was when she came on the season, season one, and then some celebrities had been on the program mm-hmm. and that, that it's a low amount of calories per day and it's a lot of checking in. Like that's... Yeah. So I obviously don't know enough about diets to like form an opinion on whether I think this is healthy or not because I'm not a registered dietitian. Um, but I- I've known for a while and I thought maybe everyone did that like this is what the program was and it's for people who can do it. And I literally could never. Yeah. But th- I've always known that this is what it was. So maybe I'm just not surprised because I knew and maybe not everyone knew. But um, again, I'm not in the mood to get into like diet drama. Like I have so many other issues in my life yeah. that the diet world is just going to have to survive without me. And they've survived without me for a very long time. They have. Yeah, they have. But I don't know how much longer they can go without you. I don't know. They're holding on for dear life. <laughs> okay. Next story. Very exciting casting news for Real Housewives of New York. They appear to have cast their first black cast member, Bershawn Shaw. The Real Houses of New York may finally start to reflect the diversity of the city. Motivational speaker Bershawn Shaw is rumored to be the next woman to hold an apple when Mahoney returns for season 13, TMZ reported on Friday. Yes, I heard that they have already filmed oh, wow. a little so, bit. So I really hope that this is like true and not another like Rachel Ucatel. Right. No, no, no. 100% moment. <laughs> I am so here for this. I just need to know, you know, I have a very low bar when it comes to housewives. Like, are you rich? Yeah. And is a motivational speaker rich? I don't know. I think there's a lot of potential there. I think there. there's a lot of money to be made in the, in the space. Yeah, it's, it's a big industry. A source close to production told Page Six that Shaw has filmed with some of the cast, but nothing is official yet. So I'm sure like they're maybe seeing how it's going, but she's on camera. That's a fabulous, fabulous step in the right direction. I am so curious. At the most recent um, New York reunion, they spoke about how when Bethany left, she gave a list of 30 people and production does their research and gets lists put together. I would just love to see that list. Like, who is on it? Yeah. No, and it's so interesting that that that's how it goes down. Like, and I I guess it's because Bethany is a friend of Andy's and, Mm -hmm. you know, highly respected on the show because I don't think when Dorinda left, like, she left a list. No, but also (laughs) when Bethany left, she left a gaping hole in the show and I think she wanted to do everything to, like, leave on good terms and make up for it. Yeah. And Bethany, I mean, Leah is really like a mini Bethany. No, she's a a BIT, a Bethany in training. Yeah, so it it was really was a perfect replacement. Yes. 
it was crazy how Dorinda got like so riled up about the way that Leah said, you know, Tinsley brought me onto the show and she's like, it's Bethany. Also, Bethany and Dorinda are like Hanging super out. close right now. And so, and that's what Ramona like was yes, saying in whispered. all the madness that like Bethany's in her ear, which is like disappointing for Bethany. Yeah, I totally agree. Like you are who you associate with. Yeah. And Dorinda is unfortunately nothing of the sort. Yeah. Okay, fifth and final story. A little good news for Lala Kent and Randall Emmett who have revealed the sex of their first child. And it's a girl. So sweet. I mean, she like showed up to her gender reveal wearing biker shorts and looking so snatched. And I just love Lala and Randall. Randall also looks like he's lost a ton of weight. He looked so like happy and healthy. And I forget that he has two other kids. So it's like not as big of a deal. But for Lala, this is like huge. And he has two daughters. So they're just going to be like, he's such a girl dad. Yeah, it's I, I really like them. Like, it's I so, love. it's so funny, like where we've come when it comes to Lala and Randall, like when she was driving the Range Rover and like everyone was like, who paid for it? And there was like a bunch of rumors online that it was like an NFL player. Um, and now we're here. They're like, you know, getting married and having children. And it's just, it's really crazy how much Vanderpump has, rules has changed in the last year. Yeah. Six months. Yep. It, it Two really... of the castmates are pregnant. Four of them have been fired. Like, it's just crazy. It's crazy. I'm really happy for Lala. It's such an exciting time. And I'm just really curious to see what the future of the show is. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get an answer on that for a while. And I don't really care. Yeah, me neither. Um, I don't care about anything this morning. Like, just I'm just not in the mood to care. Yeah. And you know what it is? It's like, whenever I come up with, like, a really strong opinion, which is never. Like, whenever I come out with, like, a strong opinion, like, people yell at me that they don't like my opinion. Like, I can't take that. So I just, my opinion from here on out is I just don't care unless it directly affects me. Right. But also, maybe it's like because we're in like the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, you're just like trying not to care about anything too much because then you might say something like out of turn maybe. with all your passion. Maybe, maybe. You know? I have so much passion. Yeah, you really do. Um, okay, so let's dive into our TV recap. We're going to be recapping Real Housewives of Potomac, which is of course brought to you by Stamps.com. As we slowly adjust to a new normal, we still need to be smart about how we do business. Luckily, there's Stamps.com to make things easier. Thousands of small business owners have discovered the benefits of Stamps.com in recent months, including us here at The Morning Toast. They've been able to keep their businesses running and avoid the crowds at the post office all from their own computers. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office, so you'll save money with discounted rates that you can't even get at the post office with Stamps.com. They also offer UPS services now with up to discounts up to 62% and no residential surcharges. So they bring all the mailing and shipping services of the post office right to your house in the comfort of your own home in front of your computer. Um, whether you're a small business sending invoices or an online seller shipping out product or just working from home and you need to mail stuff, stamps.com can handle it all with ease. So now you don't have to risk your life going to the post office and the post office, even before the pandemic, was a miserable place to be. So stamps.com is a perfect place to use. Um, it's a no-brainer because it saves you time and money, like we said, with exclusive discounts. Five cents off every stamp and up to 62% off USPS and UPS shipping rates. Right now, our listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. That's at stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in toast. That's stamps.com. Enter toast at the top of the homepage. Thank you, Stamps.com, for sponsoring today's episode. And let's dive into Potomac Recap. Let's. Finally, so, we get to the episode. Something happened. Not We didn't get like the actual meat of the fight, but I felt satiated with the Michael and Ashley stuff. And we got the buildup of the fight. So we know why there is going to be a physical altercation. And so we're feeling like we can 
take a side? Well, I, I love Monique and I don't like Candace, so I'm inclined to take Monique's side, but it is my understanding that I'm, I'm inclined to take Monique's side, but it's my understanding that Monique is the one who took it, who put hands on, who first. put hands on first. And that's kind of unacceptable. Even if someone is like provoking you, but drag me Monique, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I get it, but that takes it to a whole other level. And if I'm being really honest, like Monique was fake sleeping. Like you, you can't you convince so? me. Yeah. Oh, I really didn't think so. Because that's just like such a weird thing to do. She had been complaining like the entire weekend that she was so tired. She'd been working so, so hard on this weekend. I think... It's a very strange way to fall asleep with your legs up and your hands closed on your belly. Like, I just don't know people sleep like that. I don't... I feel like maybe if she was faking, she would have put her head like tucked her head away to look like more dead, you know? No, it was just like... a. First of all, also, now that I'm thinking about it, she was laying on her back with her legs up, which, first of all, it's very hard to fall asleep with your legs up. Also, her hands were clenched, which is also just, like, a weird way to fall asleep. And then her neck and her posture were so perfectly up. When, like, you fall asleep, you're actually, your head kind of tilts to the side. I've never been more sure that she was not, not asleep. I think she was asleep. I, I didn't give it, like, too much thought. I just assumed that she was asleep. But now that I'm thinking about it, like, I really do think she was asleep because she had Candace in her home, like, and her husband. All of this just to, like skip out on saying goodbye to her yeah I mean she said goodbye to everyone except for Candace and they had literally had a fight the night before at the fire pit so I just and by the way I thought it was funny I didn't think it was a big deal but like she was totally fake sleeping <laughs> I did not think that she was but okay 100%, 100%. but also even if she was and it, because she didn't want to like have to be awkward and say goodbye like that's fine by me no by the way for sure it's fucking hilarious like when I was watching it I knew she was faking and I thought it was so but funny then also when Candace was like you were fake sleeping and Monique was like what I mean maybe Monique is a good actress but like she looked genuinely like she did not know what Candace was talking oh, about oh I disagree I thought she per- looked very defensive a sleeping person wouldn't have known that like Candace tried to say bye barely no I really thought that um she got overly defensive because she was totally fake sleeping but regardless of who's right and like to me Mon- and I'm not 100% sure but Candace on Watch Robin's Live said that Monique was the one to escalate it to like a physical thing. To me, even though I love Monique, like you automatically lose when you put hands on another person. Okay. Unless they're literally out here saying the most vile. I have it was to, a dumb fight. I have to see it. It was a dumb fight, but Candace was being so annoying. annoying. Like she's just so annoying. Doesn't mean you could put your hands on no, someone. No, but like I have to see if it's like Candace has her hands in her face and then Monique I don't. I Monique just flips it. her hair a few times, and then it gets. I have to see it, but I yeah. agree. If if Monique made it physical first, she is in the wrong. And by the way, I don't like Candace. Like I can't stress that enough. Like even this episode, her storyline is now about music. Like I can't. It's but just so think, uninteresting. Like last season when Monique was like, "I'll drag you pregnant and all," and now it's like, "Drag me, Monique." Like. Monique kind of has to live up to the fact that she's going to drag Candace. Like, if she backs down, not, I'm not condoning violence. Sounds like, like you are. No, but it's like, if she, if she backs down, it's like she talks a big talk, but like, she, she wouldn't no, but honestly, walk like, walk. To me, I, I lose respect for Monique when she takes it to that place. Like, she is this like, yeah, but it's refined, like, fabulous woman, and that's not what refined, fabulous people do. I agree, but if she didn't drag her when she said she was going to drag her, then... She, she was, she, well, that she was can't a, be taken seriously. That was a question on Watch Robin's Live last night with Candace being like, do you think you provoked, provoked her by repeatedly saying, drag me, Monique, drag me? And Candace is like, like, I guess, yeah, but like, she fucking put her hands on me. And I have to, I have to agree with Candace. Like, it's unacceptable. And I, it's painful for me to say, I love Monique. Yeah. But you can't. 
I you have can't to, touch someone. I have to see the whole thing because also they put the screen like really small with the Watch What Happens live stream, which was they a fucking weird thing to do when it's like the pinnacle of the episode. So I really, I couldn't get a good enough like slow-mo yes. play-by-play of what was going on, which is what I'm going to need to judge this situation. They have to stop doing that now. Like with Watch What Happens Live from Home, they've started to make the, the screen smaller so you could see like the Michael Rappaport getting to his chair. Yeah, it's so annoying. Yeah. So, Even though Michael Rappaport actually had some very um, good insights on Beverly Hills. He always has great opinions. He actually said what we said. He said, the question was, were you surprised that Denise didn't return for the season? He's like, no. And I honestly, like, I blame Lisa Rinna. She just bullied Denise this whole season. It's not even about what's true or not. It's just about the fact that they were friends. Yeah. So I'm like, finally, someone says what I agree with. What else did he say? Um, he, they played this game, like, what the housewives. And he's like a housewives historian. And he did not know any it was actually so disappointing um did he like candace whose side was he on in potomac they didn't do a lot of potomac talk actually um they asked candace just like about the fight and a lot about ashley's marriage because it's so weird how now in real life ashley and michael are expecting another baby whereas in this episode they're actually talking about maybe not getting back together but ashley kind of opened a can of worms by saying our marriage has had its own identity for a while like it seems like they've had this open thing like yeah I was so impressed with Ashley 100%. like she just does not hold back she's really an incredible housewife because she has an interesting personal life she doesn't pretend to be something that she's not you know obviously there was no way of getting around this situation and pretending like it didn't exist mm-hmm. but some housewives might have tried you know oh 100% and not had this particular conversation on camera but she like bounced into the wine tasting and was just ready to share with her friends I totally agree I actually had so much respect for her I thought the fact that they had that conversation on camera was like actually admirable and and I liked when he said cut and then they spoke to the producer and he was like I have nothing more cute the producer was cute but and he was like and I at first I was like what are you doing cutting in the middle of your scene and he was like I have nothing more to say we talked about it okay like we said what we said please let us have dinner and the production guy was actually really understanding yeah like we got like it was just so interesting and it it just makes me feel like that's how scenes are filmed like let's go to dinner We'll talk about what we have to talk about, and then we're going to cut and enjoy our meal. Yeah, so it was just actually a crazy episode, and I feel like we've all had this, like, sinking suspicion that Ashley and Michael definitely have some sort of arrangement, and absolutely no judgment, but with all the things that we know about them so far, it actually made sense when she said, like, it's kind of open in the sense, like, maybe she has to be there with another girl, but there was something there, Um, and Michael obviously took it too far, and I just couldn't believe that she opened up that much about the actual casino situation and then, like, the identity of her marriage. Yeah. It was admirable. It was. It was extremely admirable. I don't judge. I don't judge. No, I don't judge either. I think the women are glad that she's talking to them about it, and... I think she handled it in the best way possible. And last week I said, like, how is Michael going to get himself out of this situation to the point where he's expecting another child? And I actually see how, like, it's not that he got himself out of anything. It's like she has chosen to give him a chance just because she's chosen that. Ashley's a lot younger than Michael, and it's very possible she just, like, wants to have kids. And it's not really so much about Michael anymore, but she just wants kids. And I can respect that. Uh, Yeah. I I respect her a lot. Me too. It's crazy how, like, the episode was so major. But it's not even like a, she just, I feel like the more you talk about something. The worse it gets. That's what Erica Jane says. But also like the more you talk about something, the quicker it ends. Well, yeah, because look at Denise. She didn't talk about it for so long and it became so big because she like refused. Actually, maybe the rules are just different in Beverly Hills and Potomac because I felt that Denise talked about it every single time she showed up. And by time eight, she was like, I'm done talking about this. Maybe, yeah. But in Potomac, if you address something, 
the ladies will let you live. Yeah, they're very reasonable over in Maryland. Yeah. Very reasonable. So I thought it was um, a good episode. I loved everyone's. Oh, it was the first time, like, maybe this whole season that um, everyone looked dressed appropriately yes. for oh my a God, gathering. They fabulous. Ashley looked fabulous. Karen Huger looked fabulous. Everyone looked amazing. Agreed And they 100%. looked cohesive, and they looked like they were all going to the same place. I agree. Ten points for Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a good episode, and the rest of the fight is next week, which is really what the whole season is basically like centered around, and it's the climax of it all. So that'll be really exciting. We have, oh no, New York and Beverly Hills are over. No, we have one more New York. Oh, so Thursday, New York, and is that it? When is OC? October seventh. I guess that's like next week. Okay, crazy yeah. times. Crazy. We got a week off, you guys. We're in a, a transition. From Housewives talk. We're in a transition period. We are. Very exciting. I mean, these are the best franchises, so it's less exciting, but... Well, I was actually thinking about how coronavirus um, impacted the housewife schedule in general, and to be... To be fair, like the best franchises were protected. Potomac, New York, and Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are a little, you know, lacking recently, OC and Jersey. Um, when does Atlanta premiere? I don't know. And, and Dallas, they're filming now, I think. Oh, but Dallas is like, everything is fine in Dallas. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. but No, but they're filming. Like they had, like someone threw a Dallas themed party, like the show. Yeah. And, like Stephanie and Cameron were posting. And like, it, it looks like it's... And, you know, there's actually, like, so much going on, um, like, with Portia and just, like, in the black community. I'll actually be really interested to see how they tackle it on Atlanta Housewives because how can they not? Yeah. So there's a lot to look forward to. It's never been a better time to be a Bravo fan. Very true. Also, um, I caught up on Love Love Island, everything except last night's episode. So now I finally, like, have allegiances and thoughts. And Where do your allegiances lie? This is where my allegiances lie because it's been been a long journey. Um... And then also I went to Twitter after to hear what everyone's thoughts were. And it was, like, so interesting because everyone's, like, so hard on Johnny. And, like, by the end of the um, – by the end of all the episodes, like, I'm so done with him. Like, I think he's so manipulative towards Selly and, like, the way that he was making her, like, go and tell Benny. There's so many people on the show. It's so hard to remember, like, and all the new people. And Benny? Selly, Ben – there's literally three guys came in. And it's Benny, Bennett, and Noah. Oh, God. Um, But – it's it, the whole thing is so crazy because pretty much like Sally and Johnny have been like the OG like best couple so cute and then they did this thing where they sent the five guys to one house and brought in five new girls and the girls stayed in the house and they brought in five new guys and Sally and Johnny were like the most legit couple like not going to be tempted by someone else but like Johnny was like hooking up with this other girl like really going at it and because everything airs on TV like pretty much that night now that these new three new guys Ben, Benny and Benny came in they saw what Johnny did at the other house whereas the other guys who just like heard about it because Johnny told them but like they saw it on TV like the cameras in the bed with the sheet over the head so like finally Selly is like hearing what really happened and I think she does have to end things with him because something just like went awry even though I actually really like them um there's nothing cuter than like Selly and Justine's friendship like also Justine like talks and just TikTok sounds. Oh, I feel Everything, that. it's like, it's the eyes for me. Damn! Yeah, no, it's, it's really so, so cute. That's so funny. And um, their friendship is so cute. And I want to talk about Mackenzie really quickly because she just got, spoiler alert, sent home. 
And it took me a while to figure out how I felt about her. And in the beginning, I found that she was so annoying and needy and like just not helping herself in any way, shape or form. But by the end, like I really was so impressed by her and like everyone in the house was working against her. It's like when the boy, she was with this guy, Connor, and the, and everyone hated their relationship because they were they were like a little toxic because like she was needy and he like was kind of wanted to explore other things, but like he wouldn't tell that straight to her. Right. So he would like talk to other girls, but like she didn't know that he was feeling this way. And like he was really like gas lighting her but he's a nice guy he's an accountant like he should be in tax day does he work at Ernst & Young but he just like I guess was not feeling confident enough to have these tough conversations right so when they went to the different houses all the guys were encouraging him to be with someone else to like make a new connection and when she was in her new house this guy came in and they just connected immediately and all the girls were like you're 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 a whole new Mackenzie like you're so like fun and we love being around you and this is like such a better relationship meanwhile the guys were telling Connor to get a new relationship right when they both came back like she came back with the guy that she was with like she just was like this is a better connection for me and Connor came back alone Bye. And the guys were like going so hard at Mackenzie that what she did was like so horrible. Like America's going to turn on her. And like America was like, actually? Yeah. No, like she, I, I actually was so surprised and impressed by her that like she would even look at anyone else right. and be open to that and not so like crazy about Connor when she knows it's not like the best relationship right. for her. And so, and then it turned out that the guy that she did bring in, like literally right after he was safe on the island, like he started, like he was done with her and was so mean to her and literally was like Aww. using her worst insecurities against her pretty much like saying that he saw the show before he came on because like they get to watch the show and like the way that she was acting was so crazy and like he wants no part of that. Ew. And like he felt like she was starting to like be that girl again and so he was like done and she, and she didn't even sit around and talk. She was like, that was so nasty. Like, yeah. goodbye. goodbye. Good day, sir. Good. I said good day. So she wound up, like, and then there was a moment where she might have gone back together with Connor, and, like, I actually would have been really happy to see it, but no, instead she went home, and I feel like she really went out, like, in a strong way, having had, like, a really rough, rough time. And, like, it was just really sad because it felt like everybody in the house was, like, working against her and like telling Connor he deserved better but like when she tried to go and find better like she was the bad guy mm -hmm. and so it was just it was tough it was it was sad to see her go but um it is what it is it's it's such a crazy show but I, I just think the turnaround time is so impressive and I think it's a really really good model and like formula for a reality show yeah it really really is I think that um who's gonna win the whole show I think that Justine and Caleb are the cutest couple and I think that they're gonna win I'm really I hope that that I hope that everything like stays as good as it is How right now longer? I don't know you like never know with these things right I feel like it's been on for a while well that's because it's on every day yeah so it's just it's it's really good. I finally, 20 episodes later, like I have some skin in the game. Right. It's so, exciting. Yeah. I hope, I wonder if you guys are watching. I heard there was a toaster on Faith. Um, she, what was she like the first to go home? No, no, no. She came in when the five guys went to the new house. She was one of the five girls brought in and she didn't make it back to the old house. Like um, no one like brought her with them, but she seemed really cool. And I was like proud to be a toaster. Ugh, love to see it. Yeah. Um, that's our show. Anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up? No, I think that's all she wrote. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the past five stories that you need to know every morning, Monday through Friday, on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, IR Radio, CastBox, all the places wherever you listen to podcasts, find us the Morning Toast and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We love you guys. We hope you have an amazing day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.